All righty. Welcome to another episode of the One Last Cast podcast. My name is Jonathan. We have Meryl here, and our special guest today is John Liu. Welcome, Woo-hoo! guys. How's it going, everybody? Hey, uh, big shout out to Nick for always joining us, Phil, the, um, um, Dustin, um, and Joseph, and also Tina. I appreciate your guys' support. Y'all are always faithful. Y'all are always showing up. Love your support, man. And uh, let's get this show started. Yeah. Uh, actually, I wanted to throw a shout out, too. So uh, oh. actually, yesterday, not yesterday, last week, um, the One Last Cast podcast surpassed 1,000 downloads on online. Uh, so that's a very big accomplishment. And we couldn't have done it without everyone listening. Um, and for those of you who are listening right now via podcast, uh, thank you. Um, and of course, we always welcome your feedback. If you wanted to join, either join us live or leave your feedback on our Facebook page, that's how we mainly do all this communicating uh, with each other. It is uh, facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Uh, like I said, just drop us a line or tell us how bad we're doing or how good we're doing. We'd love to hear it. Um, and uh, also wanted to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. Um, obviously, DSKA, if you're ever looking for a good uh, Facebook group for kayaking, and especially on the, on the Texas coast, uh, head on over there, and that's a great place to learn. Um, also, RA Mobile Bait. Uh, Chad is doing good things on getting a mobile bait stand up and running. Uh, still a few things that he needs to work on, but uh, that is going to be soon, so be on the lookout for that. Be sure to go like and subscribe to his page. That way you know when they're gonna he's ready to do that and where he's going to be. That way you can buy live bait from him. And as well as 4A printing, um, still coming up with great stuff like the towel here. Um, and um, of course, uh, I, I'm still very slow on sending a map to our previous winners. Uh, I will actually be going live on uh, around noontime uh, on Friday to do the, uh, the next giveaway. And of course, after that, I will send out the towels. So uh, be sure to comment and continue doing all these uh, great things you guys are doing. Uh, so yeah, let's just uh, dive right into it. Uh, today is part two of our talk about night fishing. Uh, if you missed part one, again, you can either download it or go to our Facebook page and you'll see that on there. But, uh, yeah, we cover a lot of ground last time, but this time for night fishing, we're actually going to be going into kayaking the green lights and fishing open waters at night. Um, but before that, uh, I wanted to set the stage for this conversation. So now, uh, being an adult, I don't get to fish as, as night as much anymore because that's when I sleep. But back in the days of college and I, where I set my, my college schedule based upon my fishing schedule, uh, I had plenty of time to fish at night. And I was out in Galveston fishing some of the green lights they have there. Uh, and it, this is the story of the biggest trout ever caught at night. Actually, it'd be my biggest trout ever. So it was like 3 a.m. And I think at that point, we already had our 10 trout limit. And we were just playing catch and release at that point. Um, and of course, at night, in dealing with green lights, sometimes you have to kind of weed through 20 dinks before you get that one keeper. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. Uh, but towards 3 a.m., there's actually not as many fish in these lights that we were seeing. And um, slowly, as the time went on, actually the fish kind of disappeared, and uh, we were like, "Oh, this is—it's over. We're gonna—it's time to go home." 
Um, and my buddy went one down one set of canals and I went down another, just the last one that we're going to do. And I was fishing a light and I saw this, you know, this dink trout that was just floating in it. And I heard this big splash behind me from the other side of the canal. So I went and, uh, I checked it out. There's this big green light, bunch of bubbles in the middle. I'm like, I, I don't know what that was. And up comes this giant redfish. Like this giant redfish, and I'm like, oh shoot, that's like that's that easily beats all the fish I've caught today. Let, let me try to get it. Or so I I used a the small TTF Junior, small black and chartreuse one, the Morning Glory. Um, yes. And I I toss it in, and I burned it across because that's how they're they're eating it. They're just if you burned it across, they just came up and ate it. It came up and just sucked it under. I set the hook and it flew right out of its mouth. I'm like, oh shoot, that's it. You know, it's gone. I, I missed my chance. You know, it's over. And then it did a 180 and started chasing after this tiny little shrimp, just hopping across the water. And it was still in the light. So I was like, okay, round two. Tossed it in, did the whole thing, burned it, and it sucked it in again. And I set the hook and it I I had that redfish on. And it was peeling drag, peeling drag. At the time, I was actually using 1,000 size reels. And it was 10 pound test uh, braid because I, I liked the challenge and I, I really and I really enjoyed that. Um, but of course, I really wish I didn't have 10 pound test at that point because it was obviously I made the run for the pilings and stuff like that. So <laughs> you could feel the line kind of brushing up against it. And I'm like, I'm going to lose this fish. But I managed to pull it out. Um, and after some good fight, I pull it up and it was a freaking trout. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the biggest trout ever. And I, I scooped it in the net. Um, and the, that night, the, the line coming off my reel was so loud, it actually woke up the, whoever house that was. Uh, <laughs> and like the light turned on. And I thought that like he was going to come out and yell at me for like waking him up. But the light turned on, and a guy came up from the upper deck, and he's like, what you got down there? I'm like, it's a freaking trout. And he's like, holy shit, that's a giant trout. I'm sorry for cursing, but that that was, you know, I was I was excited. I'm like, that's a trout. Uh, he's like, oh man, that's that's huge. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's getting that big before. It turned out to be a 20 and a half inch, eight and a half pound trout, which is the, big, the biggest trout I ever caught up until this point in my life. Um, and it was funny because my buddy, uh, he went down to the other set of canals and he actually caught a six pound trout on the, on that run. And I was calling him, calling him, calling him because I wanted pictures. Uh, and he was fighting that trout. He ended up catching it, taking a picture. And he's like, man, I uh, hope like he didn't fall in the water or something. He's trying to call me to get help or something. And he paddled mm -hmm. over and he was like, oh, you're okay. He was kind of mad at me for doing all this. And it, and I was like, man, this is worth it. And hold up the trout and got some pictures. And so, yeah, that. To this day, that that is the most memorable experience that I've had, and of course, the biggest one. And then when you catch big trout like that, you can't forget those times. Um, but that is what you can get if you know how to fish these lights. Right. Um, right. So I think this my, is my, good way. Uh, go my ahead. biggest my biggest trout comes from night. Most of I say about eighty percent of my biggest trout come from night fishing. My biggest trout do come from night fishing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, obviously, uh, you know, John last in the last episode was talking about some of the big trout that he's caught out of the overhead lights. Uh, but these night fishing opportunities can give you some of these experiences where you can 
not only target these big trout, but also you can see them. In my case, right. I saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, whenever we talk about green lights and, and actually let's, let's kind of backtrack a little bit uh, for, for some of our viewers who, who are not familiar with green lights. How about, uh, how about you, Merrill? Explain what the green light is and, and what does it do? It's a green light. It's in the water. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can, we could talk about this for hours on how yeah. to, um, one of the unspoken, before we even get to green lights, right? Uh, one of the un unspoken uh, things, and maybe we should have a session on it, is about positioning yourself when you're kayak fishing, how important it is to be in certain positions uh, to optimize you from hooking up and learning position goes hand in hand with working these lights, uh, being in the right position when you come up to this light or even assess the light, make sure that you're not going to drift over or, you know, the wind's not going to push you into the lights and then you ruin what was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, seeing stuff happen before it happens is kind of, uh, um, the thing. You know, it's like, hey, look, I know the wind's taking me this way. If I get too close this way, it's going to drift me right into the lights. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So one of the things uh, and I guess I just want to lay out the, the, the kind of the image for, for some of our listeners who, who don't know what green lights are. Um, so a lot of the residential areas who have canals or um, piers and stuff like that, um, they actually put out underwater green lights. Um, so what happens is these underwater green lights, they turn on at night. They illuminate the water and it does the same thing as from our previous episode, what John was talking about, bringing some of the, the food chain to those lights. So in this case, the underwater green lights, or sometimes they're different colors, but they're mainly green. Uh, they bring up, you know, small shrimp and stuff like that to these lights, uh, minnows, and then the bigger fish, the ones that we're targeting, such as trout, redfish, and flounder, they'll go to these lights and, and you can target them. Um, and what Merrill was talking about is there's a lot to, it's not just a matter of, finding a green light and fishing it. There is a lot of strategy. There's a lot of things that that, that go into fishing a green light. And I, I think, John, uh, wouldn't you agree, like the, the cardinal sin, and of course, uh, some of y'all already know this, but the cardinal sin is obviously don't toss into the middle of the light. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. And, and, you know, with the green lights, you know, I when I look at it, you know, it's, it's, it's like a mosh pit, you know, they're just going in circles and circles is like a big party. And they're in a trance, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. And also it's like, um, that, that was a really good description of the lights. Uh, sorry to get into detail. Thank you, John. Uh, I mean, thank you, Jonathan, for explaining that. Uh, but, uh, so I always say when you come up to a green light, I'm just going to dig right into it. So when you're coming up to a green light, positioning yourself before you even make a cast or positioning yourself to assess a light. Because sometimes if you see the bait scattered, nine out of 10 times, I won't even cast in it. Or if the bait's just moving real slow, I won't even cast at it. I won't, even if I see a, a big old shadow on the bottom, most of the times I'm not going to waste my time on that. But now if I see them in a tight circle and they're swimming real fast, or obviously if it, they're getting ambushed, like John was saying, like a mosh pit, they're just getting tore up. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, you have higher odds of hooking up on those kind of situations. Uh, but I always assess the light, like which way is the fish positioned? Sometimes they'll be positioned a certain way with respect to the tide movement, whether it's incoming or outgoing, right? If you're, you look, you know where your water source is coming in, say for instance, a canal, the main canal that brings in the water, 
you, are they facing you know towards it or are they facing the other way so falling tide if they're facing they're facing their backs towards the in where the water inlet is coming or are they facing towards where the water's coming in which would be the incoming tide mm-hmm. the, I, I said that right falling tide incoming tide yeah, yeah. hopefully yeah. i said that right yep um so, go ahead no i was gonna what say uh say? i was gonna say that basically um you know positioning of fish is also very um is important um, and, if, and one of the ways, like you mentioned earlier, position your kayak, or if you happen right. to be even on the dock, uh, right there, positioning, how you're going to make your cast and presentation is important as well. Um, because these fish, uh, while I, I found it very rare for green lights, but on occasion it is uh, like this, but basically if you spook them, they're, they're gone. Right. Um, right. Most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Sometimes you have that one shot, and that yep. one shot you gotta make it count. You know, because once they once they they move, once they get scared, you don't know when they're gonna be back in in those green lights. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're fortunate and they reset. You know, you mm-hmm. give it a while and then they come back. You know, but but you know, most of the times, at least for me, uh, they don't reset. You you get one shot, like John was saying at them. You get one shot at them, and and that's generally speaking. Uh, I know some of you guys are like, oh man, I'll fish one light all day and catch a limit, and and, and you maybe you're fortunate with those those lights. But uh, for the generalized, generally speaking, that we're, we're trying to give you guys information. Um, but I always say assess the light before you even make a cast. Sometimes you get so anxious and nervous and you're like, oh, I want to cast because all the fish are blowing up. And then you catch the smallest redfish or a deep trout out of that because, you, you know, you don't have a game plan. Um, I like to look at the light and then see where the bigger ones are at. And um, sometimes I'm like, oh, they're chasing shad or, oh, they're chasing shrimp. I always have a shrimp tied on and I have a shad tied on always um, and a top water and then a fat boy. But for lights, if I were just to fish lights, I'd have a, a three baits. Uh, I think we talked about them, too. You'd, it'd probably be the same three baits you fish uh, with overhead lights, uh, a shrimp, a shad and a yozuri or subsurface bait. Um, and. Uh, but those, those instances, uh, I always like to see. Okay, first of all, what are they eating? Uh, what, why, how are they positioning themselves? Where are the bigger fish, or maybe just a fish that I, I, I'm trying to catch, right? Because sometimes it's like, man, I don't want to catch these bull reds. I mean, I've caught them before. They break off my line, or they get tangled up in the pylons. I want to catch a keeper redfish. I don't want to catch the biggest fish in the light all the time. You know, sometimes I'm trying to catch the, the eater size ones. Um, sometimes when I'm working, a uh, certain area, uh, uh, me and some clients will go out and we'll target, uh, 17, 18 inch trout and we'll throw back all the 20 plus trout when we're not, we're, we're not trying to, we know how to catch the bigger ones, but we're trying to catch the ones that we want to eat. So it's really assessing the light and, and having a game plan of, of what you're trying to accomplish. Like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. So I'm trying to catch these fish and these lights. So let me assess it before I just blindly cast in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, these fish, believe it or not, they have a pattern to them. And mm-hmm. we sit there and you watch them, you'll see that pattern. And then you'll, you'll notice, okay, I see that big old trout. Man, I love seeing big trout at night. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's just, it, it never gets old. When you pull up to the light, your heart starts beating. And you see this mass body. You look at the, the, the silhouette of them and he's coming up and you see the spots. And then you see the body type. And you're like, oh, that's a massive trout. I've seen more big trout at night than ever. Um, but I mean, it's uh, 
man. But anyways, sorry to go off subject. Uh, no, <laughs> but no, yeah, no. They, they have a pattern to them. So, so try to figure out that pattern or what they're doing. Sometimes they're just swimming from light to light. They're not mm -hmm. even swimming in one light. They're just cruising along. But you won't know that until you watch them. You're like, okay, well, let me go catch him at the next light. He passed these two. Then we'll catch him at the other one. He, he's swimming that way. And you get in front of him and you present that bait right there in front of him. And right when his nose, you meet it right there in that bait. And he's in that, that, that quick mouth, you know, bam, he wants to eat that. Or he's chasing it and you bring it and you're ripping it across and boom, he smokes it. But your bait is in the right area for that fish. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah. And there, there's obviously a lot of these strategies that go into it. Uh, but actually, um, one of the things I, I actually want to discuss, um, and uh, maybe John, you can start out. Mm -hmm. uh, to you, besides obviously, whenever you can, what do you, when do you think the best time to go night, uh, fish these lights is? For me, the yeah. biggest trouts that I've caught was also at night. But uh, there's there's a pat pattern I follow. So if you're talking about months, I, I start around October. And around October, man, the big females, I mean, they're ready. They're hungry, you know. So starting from October and, and the winter months, man, that's mm -hmm. when I catch the big ones. And, uh, yeah, usually, man, they, it's a lot of it's big females out there. So Yeah, and actually a lot of people don't don't realize that even though when it's cold outside, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll still be – you'll still catch those trouts and those lights. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I heard there was some crazy guide out there taking people fishing in that cold, freezing weather. I don't know, maybe y'all might have heard uh, of him. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he might have went live a couple times in that <laughs> cold weather. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, another thing before Facebook, you know, I, I was, I had my uh, fishing log with me because usually every year the pattern is almost the same. You know, every month, okay, I know what I'm going to catch, you know. And the good thing about Facebook is that, it, it, they, it Facebook reminds you what what you did a year before, two years before, so you'll remember. Okay, this is what I caught around that time, around that season. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm guilty for not keeping a logbook. Uh, that that what? yes, I'm oh, guilty. Man. I don't. Keep, I do not keep a logbook. I'm guilty for that. Um, yeah. If you learn anything uh, today from the from this from this uh, podcast. Keep a logbook. Don't, yeah, keep a logbook. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, I just I just go out there and. Uh, uh, but uh, for for me, actually, uh, one thing I I wanted to bring up, uh, and uh, this is this was my strategy. So uh, during the the fall and winter months, I I mainly fish during the day, uh, because I don't like dealing with the cold. But I mean, if the fishing is good, I'll deal with it. But um, <laughs> you'll so, sacrifice. Oh uh, yeah, so. <laughs> One of the things I I, uh, I, I found was uh, one thing is to find a big complex of lights. Mm -hmm. One of the things that because you sometimes like you, like Merrill said and John said, you only have that one shot on that one light. And of course, it'll take some time. I find they do reset, but it takes time, whether it's going to be five minutes or it's going to be an hour. Uh, so you need to find an area where there's a lot of lights for you to target because you can fish one light. If you mess up, it's okay. Move the next one. Uh, if you catch a fish there, that's, that's good. Move to the next one. Um, but of course with night fishing becoming very popular, um, I rarely, if ever fish during the weekend on these lights because 
you're competing with all the other kayakers and all the other fishermen, uh, the people who own the houses, they'll be fishing their lights. Um, and we'll go into a little bit of etiquette a little bit later, but, um, good point, but yeah, but, uh, you know, whenever you are, you know, you want the, uh, a bunch of options for you that way that you can continue to work these, uh, these lights. And, and if, if they're working one way, then you you have these options to choose from. Um, so during the week, weekdays, when, which I, which is when I like to do it, there's not many people on the water. You have all these areas to choose from. Um, and the other thing is to basically make a circuit. The reason why you want these is, so my buddy and I, we would choose one side. Uh, I always, you know, you kayak in a, in, as a group. So I, I went with my, my friend. Um, I would take right side, he would take left. And eventually yeah. we would just go off and just, and then go off and do our own thing. And we kind of meet each other in the middle and then you just keep doing all these, you know, all these canals and, uh, and eventually you switch. So eventually now you end up on the left side and the other one who started on the left will end up on the right and you start over. Um, and of course, along the way, you'll find one of the things you'll find is that one of these lights is better than the others. This one has a fish, this one has a dinks um, and you kind of start skipping them. And after like two rounds of this, then you start dialing it in. Um, and like I said, at that point we were keeping the fish. So I was keeping all the keepers. And then after that, that's when we start catching and releasing. I know this light right here has us reds. They come back. And then you, that's when you'll, you'll, you'll catch those. And can I, can I add something to that too? Yeah. And uh, sometimes um, before a trip or if I'm, um, you know, canvassing uh, an area, sometimes I just drive at night and see, you know, which houses has the green lights, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and, but the most important thing is first, you get to see where the closest boat launch is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because if you have nowhere to launch, then that's that's a major issue right there. Uh-huh. You know, but then you know, as soon as I find a house that has a green lights, I would go to my Google Maps, I would drop a pin, you know, and so when I'm ready, when I'm launched, I know where they are. Yeah. So and and, and it's good, you know, Don't you, this I'm sorry to answer. There's some spots where we actually walk up to green lights. And we fish them, and it's the other end's public access land, or some of them it's just public land, and you just walk up to these lights and you catch your keeper redfish and keeper trout. Um, I'm actually gonna, I'm here in Corpus right now. I have a spot where I always catch limits of trout. I just walk up to this spot, and and the thing is, like when people are fishing it, it's like, man, they don't they don't know how to fish it. They're throwing pyramid weights and dead shrimp on the bottom, and then I'm over here like throwing these little shad baits and I'm nailing them. And uh, usually there's not a lot of people there, but uh, I'm going to give it a shot tonight. Uh, but, yeah, there's some spots over there in Houston and Galveston where you can just walk right up to a green light and catch you a keeper redfish or and a trout. Just, right. And I was going to add, always have a backup plan because, you know, you, right. you don't know once they get spooked if they'll come back, you know. So always have a backup plan. Uh, disclaimer, uh, we do not condone trespassing on anybody's property even if there are good fish at that light. So <laughs> just make sure, just letting you know, we don't condone that. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I will admit I'm guilty of it at, uh, back in my youth, but I'm telling you now, don't do that. So No, no, that's, um, I, I clearly said public land you're yes, walking you on. Yes, you did say that. But uh, that, that, that does bring just me Just because I said it doesn't mean it's really, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But but that does bring me to some of the etiquette uh, right. that uh, that we we should talk about because there is a there is kind of a, a process and a system and, and and just being a good overall good person to fishing these lights 
Um, so uh, yeah, John, I, I know that you, uh, we were mentioning it earlier, um, actually our last conversation, we kind of even go, go into the etiquette of uh, overhead lights, but in this case, there, what etiquette would you recommend to, um, to kayakers and people fishing out on these green lights? Well, with the green lights, usually when I see, you know, if, if I see, because I've seen a uh, couple of times kayakers are there, the boaters are there. When I see that scene, man, I'll, I'll just go to a different spot because, I mean, one person can ruin it for you. The other person can ruin it for you, you know. And, you know, with that crowd, I'd rather have fun fishing than, you know, fight through that crowd, you know. Right. And plus, can can fishing be that good that they're, you know, clumped up over there, you know? And it, I don't know, because uh, one house, one house that's really well known, uh, the guy just the guy just turns turned it off. He never turns it on anymore because at one point, one, one of the kayakers went on his dock and started fishing there. Oh, dang. Deep and, part. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, I wasn't uh, going to say anything, but. Deep <laughs> part. What are you doing? Exactly what you're talking about. And you just see it, man. Like his dock is full of lures and stuff. And dude, that, that light was epic for years dude mm-hmm. that light i mean for many many years that light was epic mm-hmm. epic uh and, and then that's uh, the old, in the deep hole park that's the overhead one yeah 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 oh jackie's brick house that's her dock yeah yep but anyways uh we missed that light and hopefully mm-hmm. she can get it back on <laughs> but sometimes you know, every uh, now uh, no, it's, there's actually not even a light there anymore, right? Is, is that, no, no. Like, I mean, the light just... is still there. The overhead light is still there, but they don't turn it on anymore. But then, if you know that spot, there was a big boat parked next to it. I mean, a, a, a couple of paddles down, you know? And right. the guy had the guy had green lights, like, around that big boat. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome, man. So they He shut those down, too? No, that one he does turn it on here and there, but when okay. his when that when that when he had that boat there, it was on every night. Yeah, he produced. Yeah. produced. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think I did a video there one time, and uh, I had my foot. That's the story I was where I had my foot on the pylon, and I'm pulling this red fish, and he's all up in the pile. Like, and I got my foot. Uh, Roy Ramirez was there. And then I, 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 I was one of the live videos. I said, "Oh, a guest celebrity's here, Roy Ramirez." <laughs> I had my foot on the damn pylon, pulling this red fish out, zigzagging inside the pylon. Then I'm just pulling him out. And I'm like, he's going to break me off any minute now. But no, he actually came out. I kept the tension on him enough. And uh, yeah, he came out, man. And, and, and I did have a little bit of confidence because I put brand new braid on and a brand new leader on. So I, I had a little bit of confidence, but I was still kind of nervous that it was going to snap. But I was like, oh, I'm going to. <laughs> muscle him out not and i did i mean because there was plenty of bull reds around that area right. at that time and i was gonna catch another one so i, I mean they were breaking off left and right anyways and so. not to go off topic but did you have any problems with the sea otters uh no because they 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 kind of hang out at the uh, an, another area close by yeah. that i don't want to bring up but yeah they hang out <laughs> a thick there. they hang out real thick there and usually when they're there, I don't even fish in that area. It's just like they kind of ruin it for me. I agree. That's, that's I the first agree. time I heard I heard one hiss, and it scared the heck out of me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it was night, and I just I just hear this horrible hissing noise. Um, but actually, uh, the, the, with the light turning on uh, and off, uh, actually I did want to bring that uh, as something that 
is to consider. Uh, I've found, and maybe uh, you found something different, but I found that established lights are always the best. Mm -hmm. Like they, like the ones in Galveston for the homes that you know uh, that I fished, uh, they always turned on at night. They're never off. They, they're they're always turned on. So the fish always know that they're going to be, they're going to turn on, and they always come there. Uh, I found that uh, sending up that, uh, you know, some people will bring their own green lights out there and set it out. And yes, that can bring in some fish, but you're basically starting a the whole food chain from scratch, waiting for these, you know, the bait fish to come in and then the trout and the redfish and the flounder to come in. Whereas these established green lights, which are always on at the same time every night, they know, the fish know that they're, the, the, you know, that they're, they're going to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, have y'all guys found anything different than that? Yeah, no, no, that, that's right. Uh, there's some other things I like to add. Uh, what I also like is um, sometimes the green lights that are closer to the big mouth inlets are like around the, where the big water comes in. Those green lights usually are, are really good. Or the green lights that are so low and there's no other green lights like really close by. And if they're like so low by themselves for, for you know, so many lights, like they're kind of by themselves, those are pretty productive as well. And there is some lights that I say that, uh, man, it, man. to this day, I say, hey, man, we're going to this area to catch redfish. And we always catch redfish. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the depth there. or And it's not like like it's a, uh, like at the end or the beginning or anything like that. It's just this, this one area. Redfish like to hang out there. Yep. And, uh, you know, sometimes they like to hang out in certain areas. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. And, and, you know, with the green lights, you know, it's like they know their pattern. They know where the food, right. is, they know where right, the food right, source right. is going to be. So, you know, it's like they know what time that light's going to turn on. And as soon as you turn them on, you know, they're, they're ready. They're ready to feed, yeah. you know. Yeah. And another thing, when you mentioned Mariel earlier about the pyramid weights, you know, I <laughs> I don't recommend any bottom fishing because I've seen a lot of green lights move, you know. It's right, like, right, right. No, they yeah, just drag, they just drag we, we that green light. Yeah, definitely. Uh, etiquette. One of the etiquette points of that is mm -hmm. I never act. I never cast over a green light. Mm -hmm. I'm always on the outside of it, mm -hmm. or I'm on the inside. And if I am on the inside, I'm not reeling it slow. Mm -hmm. I would have to position myself in a kayak where I know, hey, the dock's here, the light's mm -hmm. here, so I know the cord's going to be right there. You right. know. So you kind of have to know where the light is at, where the cord's going to be, and don't drag your lure. If you're going to drag your lure on the bottom, drag it on the outside of the light, mm -hmm. where it's on the outside of the channel. Because if you drag it over that light, you're going to hang up that light, and then they spent three, four, five hundred bucks, and boom, you know, you yeah. blew out their light bulb or you caused an issue. Um, I've been with somebody that uh, they hooked up to a light and it shut down a whole series of lights. Oh no! And I was like, "Man, you got to be kidding me!" He's mm -hmm. like, "Man, they were biting on the bottom." I was like, "Yeah, but you don't reel on the bottom." Mm -hmm. um, um, so, you know, that was a lesson learned for him that day. Um, but you know, it happens. But uh, let's try not to make that happen. You right. know, if you learn anything from this, let, let, let's not mess up these lights that mm -hmm. these people spend all that money in, on. You know, and that we take advantage of. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that's part of the etiquette is is uh, being mindful that somebody else put money into that water. I'm not saying they own the water, 
not saying that by any means. I'm just saying it's just being respectful, you know, and etiquette yeah. is like, hey, right. let's not ruin something that somebody else spent hard-earned money on. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, each each one of those lights, depending on what model that you have and, and where you got it from, you know, they run four or five hundred dollars mm-hmm. each. Yeah. Um, so they're not they're not cheap by any means. Um, right. And you definitely don't want to mess anything up. So uh, I have on occasion like snagged the light the light on the bottom. If I if I'm snagged on it, I cut it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's done. Uh, same with uh, lures on on their dock. If I happen to hit their dock and get stuck, um, if I can't get to it. It's theirs now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but some of these uh, comments are are hilarious. These guys, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are jokesters, man. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, yeah. So, actually, I wanted to read this one because it, it, it's hilarious. So, uh, Justin <laughs> apparently he likes to swing pyramid weights into the middle of the light as hard as he could so that he can make a nice splash to attract the fish. Uh, that's a that's a pro tip right there. <laughs> For good old uh, Justin, man, me and me and Justin go way back, dude. Uh, I think uh, uh, me and Justin we go way way back. Uh, we're testing uh, Yozuri lures, trying different stuff like where we're uh, ch- changing the hooks on them. We change the hooks on them and see if it changed their action on the lures. Uh, man, we did all kinds of things with them. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the ones we were we studied and. Uh, I go, way back. Huh? I, I go way back with Justin, too, with Yozuri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, nice hat, by the way, John Lou. Oh, yeah. Who do we have to thank, brother? This one is Jose's. I took He left it uh, doing a job somewhere, and I was like, man, I guess he doesn't want it. I think I got yeah, it for him. And I just want to so. thank Jose, too, because this was his backup hat. So... <laughs> I guess he doesn't like it. He keeps leaving it everywhere. Uh, yeah, Jose, if you're out there, uh, just make sure to pick up your hats from these two guys. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, before we get off topic even more, um, actually, I, I, one of the things that we, we should discuss as well is besides these green lights, um, is the overhead lights whenever you're kayaking. Um, and I, I think that's also a really good opportunity because um, a lot of these you know, a lot of these fish will go to these overhead lights. Some of them are not even that bright. They're just overhead hanging lights that it's like a street light hanging out into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason that'll, that'll attract, well, I know why, but it, that the fish will be there as well. Uh, but some of these houses as well, they have, or these piers, they have these really powerful overhead lights. And I actually think that um, even though you probably won't see the fish as well, I think that some of the better fishing can be in these overhead lights uh, because mm-hmm. the the trout or the trout when I target them they won't be spooked. You can mm-hmm. literally just throw across that light and just burn it across, catch a fish, and then throw it back out, and you you just keep catching fish until the fish are done. And um, I was about to say that you know because the overhead lights they don't get spooked easy. You know mm-hmm. you can keep casting and they'll be there. You know, but it's you know with the green lights it's just a different story. Yep. I get some people that they don't even care about the size of the fish that are in those lights. Sometimes they just want to hook up and catch, catch fish. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes there's big fish in there and sometimes there's small fish. Uh, and man, I, I had uh, clients, they'll just sit there and say, no, say, Hey man, let's go catch some bigger ones. They're like, no, I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> like, this is what I came for. I came here to catch a whole bunch of fish and I'm going to catch a whole bunch of fish and they'll stay there in the, that one light and just catch a whole bunch of 13, 14, maybe every now and then a 15, 16 inch trout. And that's all they want, you know? And then, you know, 
those are good days to have sometimes when you're having rough days, like targeting those lights, you know, and like, man, I just want to hook up and catch something, you know, and, you know. And can I ask you both a question? Yeah, 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 go for it. I wanted to see how, you know, if you guys ever experienced this, because there's an area in Galveston where, you know, it's like a dead end. You know, the water, there's no way of that water flowing, but then there's relights there. And, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, they'll be there, sometimes they're not. But if they're there, I mean, you just have that one shot, but it's not it's not as good as when the water is flowing, like areas where the waters are flowing. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, to me, I think the fish likes it where the water's flowing because I think yeah. they have ways of oh, escaping. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know? without a doubt, if you had the opportunity to fish canal lights, fish mm-hmm. it with tide movement. Yeah. When you're fishing it, with, it, it's very difficult. You can do it. We've done it. Mm-hmm. We've caught them on slack tides, but it is, you're, you're more, more likely to catch more fish when the tide's moving. Like, I, you know, the, go ahead. I was gonna say on a slack tide, it's those established lights that have mm-hmm. have the fish that will still have the better chance of having the fish, right? right because right. they're always on and they'll be there. Uh, right. But mm-hmm. like you said, that tide movement is key to catching mm-hmm. those, those better quality fish. Uh, and actually, I can go out and say, uh, if you want to do really well at tiki, you really need that tidal movement. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That and Bayou Vista seems to be very popular recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're, uh, we're dropping spots here, so uh, yeah, we dropped some, some good spots like oh, default park and stuff like that. Good one, but well, Jonathan, not on no more, yeah. Jonathan, how'd you know I was talking about Tiki Island, man? <laughs> uh, we, we've I, I could say that I think Meryl and I we, we've been a lot of places, so yeah. You know what's funny is I always get somebody like, "Oh man, you don't know this area." Like, "No, nah, man, you don't know this spot." And I was like, "Just describe it briefly." And then I'm like, "Oh, you mean oh oh you mean Sia? Oh oh you mean oh you mean Tiki? Oh the backside?" Oh, they're like, "What? How do you know that from the little description?" Like, Dude, I fish every lights from here all the way down south. <laughs> oh man. Um, but. And, and, but another thing uh, for the overhead lights, um, I think that one uh, even even is just as important for positioning as well because uh, you can't if you run over them they're they're going to be gone. Um, right. So th- that that is something to consider as well. Um, but with tidal movement, uh, I think that's also a good way to, for us to talk go into uh, fishing out on the flats or open water at night, um, because you need tidal movement to do that. So yes. A friend of mine, um, he actually told me that and this is the best way that I've had someone describe it to me. Fishing at night is the same as fishing during the day. You just can't see. Um, so yes, I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah. So you can go out to the same flats that you normally do, the same areas that you normally fish. Um, and whatever you do during the day, if you do it during the night, you probably will catch us, you know, the same fish. Uh, it's just slightly more difficult because, you know, as humans, we are very visually oriented. Um, and one of the things when at night is that you don't have light to see and everything looks completely different at night. Um, and, oh, and side, this is a side topic because I'm going to go off. Before you go out fishing at night, practice casting at night. Mm-hmm. It, it is much more different and much more difficult than it is than what you normally would do. Uh, luckily for me growing up, I had a pool and I could go out at night and just, I cast it in my yard and cast it in the pool. Uh, so whenever I went out, I actually had that experience, but 
Uh, I know I've been out with multiple people who I took them out at night and their first like dozen casts were into the dock, you know, wayward <laughs> out of light. They weren't doing accurate casts. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you can't, if you can, in that situation, try to get you a nice couple casts before you make your first cast. So you can kind of feel what, how heavy your weight is and how your cast is going to be. Yeah. That's actually happened a lot is where people first get to their first line and then that sucker zooms right onto the dock and, or they yeah. zoom way past, you know, or they hit right into the middle of the line. And it's like, yeah. oh, you know, and, uh, definitely get a practice swing, a couple practice casts in there. Good point, Jonathan. And to chime in with Jonathan, what Jonathan said, you know, whatever you can catch during the day, you can catch it at night. But I've also got uh, a feedback, and this is from a cousin, man, from a blood. They said, night fishing, that's cheating, man, because, you know, you, the fish comes to you during night fishing. You know, you get to pick what fish you want to catch. That's cheating, you know. So after that, I disowned him, so. Good, good, good. You don't need that negativity in your yeah, life. you don't need that negativity. No, it, it's just, a, to me, it's just a different method. Um, yeah, yeah, but but if you want if you want that challenge, go out to your favorite flat at night and try to catch trout or redfish. Um, yeah. And, and Meryl, I think you have a lot. I I don't have as much experience doing this. I have done it and I've done well, but I think you have much more experience in this. And going out onto to these flats and and just fishing at night, it, it um, you know, how would you describe that? How would you you know somebody new trying to get into that? What would what are some tips you would tell them? Oh, uh, three sixty light. Uh, make sure you're visible. Uh, make sure you have your safety equipment, like your whistle. Um, you know, make sure you have stuff first, safety first, and bring someone. Don't ever go by yourself. And try yeah. to go with somebody that's experienced and knows the lay of the land. Because last thing you know, uh, need to do. And and I've had somebody call me, call me, and I don't know if he's on here or not. He actually got stranded on a big old flat. So he went out there. And the tide was coming out and he just kept paddling and then boom, he was stuck on the flat and he could, he had to wait for the tide to come back in. And we're talking about hours. Mm -hmm. He finally waited for the tide, the tide to come back in and, and, and he got back home. So somebody that knows the lay of the land of what you're going, where you're going and, and what you're doing. Um, and uh, sometimes the, uh, the tide's different and day there than it is at night. So make sure you do your homework. Right. So do homework before you do that. And then once you do it so often and you keep doing it, just like anything, the more you practice, the more better you get at it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I like targeting guts, mm -hmm. drop offs and reefs at night. Like my favorite thing, to be honest, is reefs. Reefs at night is, is probably one that reefs and structures, things that I like to target at night mostly mm -hmm. uh, and pitch black. No, you know, no lights, no nothing. Right. You know, and can I um, chime in on that? Like what you yeah. said earlier, you know, about safety, you know, um, always check the weather, monitor the weather. Yeah. You know? right, right, right. And usually if I'm out there at night, you know, I don't, I don't go out when I know there's going to be pop-up showers out of nowhere, you know, and oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fish in pop-up showers. That, that, lightning is something I won't do, but yeah. I, I pop up showers for sure. Well, Man, uh, I mean, well, one of the one of the spots actually, <laughs> you you revealed, uh, Mariel. Uh, it was like probably two years ago. You revealed it, and uh, I got I got stuck there uh, out of nowhere. There was a a weather change, and the uh -huh. wind started blowing. So man, uh, I, I I started paddling close to the rocks, and I hung uh -huh. on to them until the the winds you know passed me. But that was uh -huh. it was scary. It was that night. 
you know, and uh, <laughs> but you revealed it that spot. <laughs> but uh, and another safety safety uh, you know uh, thing that I always do is that you know I do have my paddles, but then I do have a, a spare paddle just in case something goes wrong. If I drop, if I lose it, I have a I have a spare paddle with me. So yeah. and a communication device. That's right. You know, whether it's your cell phone, you know, uh, some people use radios. If you're in a situation, there's some radios that has your coordinates on it. Um, just don't get lost. You go somewhere to lay the land, you, you more most likely you won't need that. You yeah, know, and, and, uh, and actually just to add upon that, uh, it, fishing at night, uh, whether you're in the in the, the green lights or or fishing out in the open flats or the guts and whatever. It is a completely different experience than what it is during the day. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we are visual creatures. So you can be fishing the same location that you fished for 20 years um, and go out at night and it looks completely different. Um, and also, and also um, it is very easy to get disoriented at night. Um, you know, you, the, whenever you leave, leave the shoreline and you paddle out, you can pick a reference point, but that reference point can get lost to you um and there have been instances in which kayakers will go out and they actually ended up getting lost and paddling further away from where they're supposed to go because they're just that disoriented um so definitely bring somebody else with you um and and just keep this you know keep safety on top of mind you know we we all love fishing but it's right. it's never it's it's you don't we don't want to lose anybody yeah. for fish you know yeah and definitely know your limits you know mm-hmm. because sometimes when you t- when you test those limits it can get you in trouble <laughs> so yes let's 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 get back to uh let's get back to the the, the tips and and of uh, fishing at night so meryl you said you like to fish those uh, those reefs and stuff like that um do you you know what do you look for whenever you're out there for me uh, my best experience was just like it was very obvious the fish were there. They're blowing. That's up. It was- the same thing. I'm. That's what okay. I'm looking for. Okay. Same signs. Fish, mullet, shrimp getting tore up. I mean, uh, man, I, I, it makes me just smile thinking about it. When you're rolling up and then you just see them just ambushing bait and just terrorizing them, you just know it's going to be a good day. Mm-hmm. Like you just like man, that's what all of this is for. Mm-hmm. This is why I came here. I knew it. Like you, you did your homework and then you just see that and it's confirmation and you know, you're going to catch some big trout. You know, you're going to catch some big fish. It's a feeling I can't explain it. I, I, so I just smile thinking about it, you know, but yeah, it's the same sign, you know, same signs. That's what I'm looking for. Blowing up bait explosions, you know. And, uh, for if you, whenever you go out night fishing and, uh, this is for the people who haven't experienced this, I would highly recommend catching fish on top waters at night it is a completely different yeah. experience than during the day yes. because like again yeah. you're looking you you see that blow up and you have that excitement but this time you don't see anything um and your line goes tight <laughs> you know, your line goes tight and your drag peels and a lot of times it's like in the middle of a twitch so all of a sudden it feels like that rod is being ripped out of your hand because mm-hmm. the fish hit it so aggressively and you're not ready for it that it, that to me is the ultimate adrenaline high right there. Uh, oh, yeah. night night fishing uh, uh, with using a top water. Yes. Yep. And you just hear, oh yeah, just hearing it, just oh. Yep. And, then, and your 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 drag is just you're like, oh he's on. Yep. Yeah, it's nothing like it. But sometimes you can get overcommitted. 
I'm guilty of that. I've been yeah. overcommitted. And I'll, they'll blow it up like a million times and you, you're still like, they're blowing it up still. And you're not hooking up, but you're so, you know, hooked up on the blowing up part. You, you know, you forget that you're there to catch fish too. You know? <laughs> Maybe change up your presentation, but who knows? And uh, I want to add up, add on to this too, is that, uh, you know, I like checking the charts, you know, because there's some areas outgoing tides the best. There's some areas, you know, incoming tides are the best. So sometimes in, in different areas, you know, it depends what what tide is coming in. So I like to I like checking the charts. Yeah, um, man, I've I've actually got to the point where I look at the chi- charts, the tide movement a day before and a day after, because I think we're so focused on the daily chart that we lose focus that there was a bigger tide before that or a smaller tide before that. And then there, 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 that there's one coming. And these fishes already know these tides before they actually come. And what, wh- why I'm sure of that is because I've been out there and they start staging and they start doing stuff and the tide hasn't even changed yet. And you're like, hey, well, what's going on? What, what are these fish doing? Why are they staging like that? And then boom, it happens. So it's like these fish are more attuned to the moon phases and what the tide's going to do before it even happens. And uh, they're more attuned to the moon than we are. Right. And uh, I think I think uh, I actually look at it um, more than just our daily charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to you know, add on to what you said, John. Right, and I was gonna I was gonna say that too about the moon. The moon phase has a lot to do with fishing, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And and I, I look at I look at it, you know, like see how big the moon is, how small the moon is, you know. You, the, I mean, do you guys want to share what kind of charts you guys use? <laughs> Um, I, I use tides for fishing. Um, that's the ones that I use. Yeah. Um, is it accurate? It's accurate enough for me. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to put respect to win, right? Like, right. oh, yeah, we got a – it shows a good, good incoming tide. But, yeah, right. we got 25-mile north wind mm. coming in. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Right. So, and that's, that's the same charts I use. To me, uh, tides for fishing, it's it's simple, and it's, like, right to the point. You know, and, you know, it tells you the tides, the, how do you say, so lunar? Yeah, so lunar. Charts. And, you know, as much as possible, if it's slack tide, man, I'm going to I'm gonna avoid slack tides, you know, because I want that tide movement as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and basically what I do is I use, this, uh, like, tides for fishing in conjunction with, like, the NOAA uh, tide charts because, you know, they're – for them, that's all they do is tidal movement and, and observ- ocean observations and stuff like that. Um, so that that's I kind of combined it two together. Yeah, don't. Another thing is don't ever depend on the lunar things like Merrill was saying. Uh, it's it's not a hundred percent accurate. It's not even I wouldn't even say it's like ten percent accurate. Sometimes it's not accurate at all. You know? It's like um, a fortune. It's like reading a fortune. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna happen or it's not. You know. Yeah, your best bet is to go out there. And, yeah. and I, I've seen. Like, I'm sure that you've had it, Merrill. But you know, I, I've taken people out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, eight o'clock is supposed to be like that the prime feeding time." And I'm like, "But why? There, there's no, there's no water moving right now." Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. yeah. Um, it's like an hour off or two hours, sometimes mm-hmm. three hours off. It's like, man, it's uh, yeah. Keep in mind, most of the things are predictions. Yeah. Uh, but your best bet is to go on the water, get on the water, taste the water. Put it in the air. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Throw some water in the air. See how it lands. No, I'm just kidding. 
but the, but the reason me. but the reason why that the, the the full moon that we like to fish during these full moons is that uh, there's a couple reasons. Uh, one is because the with the full moon you have the illumination from the moon, um, and that that's basically think of it like a big overhead light. So a lot of these predator fish at night, you know, they're they're just as visual as we are, and um, even though their eyesight is a little bit better than us at night, um, but uh, you know they can see the bait better. And they'll uh, they'll go after these uh, and eat all night. Another thing is that with the full moon, uh, because of the way the moon is oriented, um, it creates bigger tidal movements. Uh, for at least in Galveston Bay, you'll find that um, generally we have like a two to three tide day uh, in Galveston, but during the full moons we'll have like a four tide day, um, mm -hmm. and we we have those big swings and fluctuations. Yes, yeah, so, season. Yeah, season's also an important mm -hmm. factor in that. Yeah. I mean, like spring is or the shad hatch is one of the things to keep an eye on. We literally caught them at night where you grab the redfish and just shad is squirting out just from their belly. You squeezing their belly, the shad just like pouring out or catching a trout and there's just shad guts and shad thing everywhere and the trout's all swollen, you know. Yeah. But yeah, season's also an important thing to keep in yes. keep in mind. Um, actually, um, this is a little bit off topic, but I, I actually wanted to address this. So Anthony, he, okay. uh, one of his questions he asked, how would you fish the day after a big full moon? Uh, the story is that after, uh, after full moon fish are full from eating at night. Um, and there is some truth to that. Um, and Anthony does it. This is a great question. Uh, even though it's not really night fishing, I, I did, I think this is a very good question to address. Um, so personally, I find if I can avoid it, I would generally not fish during after a full moon, but if I had to, um, I think that you basically have, um, for me, what I've experienced is you have two opportunities to fit, to find the fish. One is right when the sun comes up, you have a very short window where it will be like 15 to 30 minutes where the fish will be heavily feeding. Um, and then once the sun comes up, it'll, it'll die for a little bit. And then your next big tide change, because usually once the sun comes up, I found that there's no tidal movement um, or very little. Once that big next tide change comes, which is usually in the middle of the day, uh, 10, 11, 12, uh, or even one, then that's when they'll feed next. And that's when that you should be targeting them. Mm. How, about, how about you? you do, do you agree with Me? that or? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, too. But if I was in a choice where, like, somebody booked in and said, hey, look, you know, I believe that there's always a feeding school somewhere and yes. finding them yes. is important, right? Mm -hmm. So focusing on tides, is it, it's a good thing to do. But also, I, you, you, we generalize my opinion. This is my opinion, so I don't mean to insult anybody that says otherwise. But my opinion is there's always a feeding school somewhere. And all these schools and these fish, they have different behaviors than other fish. Sometimes the residential fish have different from the tide runners. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, some fish in some areas, they have totally different behaviors than they do, you know, two miles, three miles down down the, ch the canal or something or down the sea. Uh, uh, the, what is it? The main channel? What is it? What, I can't keep the ICW. Uh, thank you. ICW. <laughs> uh, and it's like, you know, it's. I always like I've been in like tournament day, like I'll be fishing an area and I'm like, man, I feel it. dude. They're, they're, they're here. We're not feeding. I will load up my kayak and go five, six miles down the road somewhere else and find find those fish. Because I know if I stay there, I'm not going to catch nothing. 
with this mm-hmm. tide and the way the fish are behaving. And I, I, I try to go catch them in a totally different area. Right. I literally load up, pack up and say, hey, look, let's roll out. Like I just, you know, I've been too many times where you're seeing the fish, you're looking at them and they don't want nothing. Right. You know, and my and my views with that, my opinion with that is, too, is that, yeah, you know, fish, fish, they'll, they'll feed. But then there's always yeah. a fish hungry. There's always hungry fish right. out there, yeah. you know. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that all the fish are going to be full, you know. Right. right. There's going to be other fish there that's going to be hungry, you know. And, yeah. you know, as far as the, the moon phase goes, it's a Filipino thing. And <laughs> and I, I hope there's some <laughs> Filipino listeners here. But uh, usually when we see a full moon or the bigger the moon, it's going to be a, a better fishing at night. So, mm. yeah, it's a Filipino thing. Yeah. And there's certain areas that, that you target around. Like, look, man, there's a full moon out there and, and there's big tide movement. Don't go work a little one, two foot flat. Like, you know, there, there's areas you need to focus on where water is moving and fish are at, um, right. you know, and they're going to be, you know. So just focus on uh where you're successful at mm-hmm. and uh, don't hone in on one spot. Cause fish are, I want, I'm, I'm getting off topic a little bit. Fish are kind of like us. Like they're, they're not all the same. Like some of them are different. They, they do different things. And, and what I'm saying right now sounds crazy. And people are like, like what the hell this dude's weird. Uh, but people made fun of me when I said, Hey, look, I don't think all these fish are the same. I believe that there's fish that live here and fish that run with the tide. And now everybody uses the phrase residential and tide runners and stuff. But I mean, I'm not saying I'll be right in the future. I just believe that fish are different. We, we generalize on most of it, but they're just, they're different. Fish, fish have different behaviors. Right. Um, we shouldn't generalize them all the same. And, and we have a, another question from uh, Samuel here. Um, any tips for working dark reefs no, with no lights around? Yes. Yeah, good tip. So uh, yeah, use, yeah, use, <laughs> use a soft, use a soft tip. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Use a fast tip. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's terrible, right? Um, if you're trying to learn night fishing over a reef, if you are not objective to throwing live bait, I would try to throw live bait first and see what kind of fish are there. Once you know what kind of fish are there, and if you you know, you want to you know hone in and get better on your skills, try to throw artificials. This is how I learned. Mm-hmm. This is this this was the root of me learning patterns on fish. I had fish down on patterns. My friend could call me and I'll say, hey man, if there's birds working right here, that's where the fish are at. Like shit, Merle, you're right. We limited out. How did you know? Like these fish have certain patterns in these certain areas. And I only learned that by throwing live shrimp under a cork. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you're not opposed to throwing live bait, I would recommend trying that, learning what these fish do. Some of them, they'll run down a rock rowing all the way into the back of the lake. Some of them, they'll just, you know, they'll swing around in a deep gut. You know, they swim in a gut and they come back out on another gut, you know, and they do different things. But if you can learn their pattern with live bait, because it's, I believe it's a higher ratio of you hooking up and then practice with your artificial game. That would be my advice to you on fishing a reef because sometimes they run through that reef. Learning that pattern is important. Are they on the backside of the reef on an incoming? Are they on the front side of an incoming of this reef? Right. Um, do I know this reef? Do I know that, Hey, this, this area is a higher reef than the rest of the reef. And it might cl- closes the water column shallower and the bigger fish like that over the deeper reef or maybe they like the deeper reef you know 
to hide back into the gut because there's more predatory fish. You learn these patterns the more times you go out. Um, sorry, I didn't, hopefully I didn't no, lose you. And it's, it's good that you mentioned about the live bait because even with live shrimp on the green light or the overhead lights, sometimes if the tide is working for me and I know that it'll, you know my live shrimp will drift towards that light, I just let it drift, you know? And right. once once it drifts there, bam, you'll hit a fish. And the good thing right. about letting it drift there too is that some of them, they'll stay there. They're not going to get spooked. They'll think that it's just a shrimp just swimming on that light. So... Yeah, and that, that's actually a, a good segue into the next question from Joseph. Um, is it wise to toss a popping cork with live bait under lights at night? Um, my I'm suggestion, gonna... oh, I'll say my suggestion is to not to throw it in the yeah. light, but yeah. drift in the light. That's right. That's right. Actually, I would even I would even say I forgo the uh, popping cork. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, throw, throw free line it, huh? Free line it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you need, yeah, if you need weight, you, if you yeah. need weight, uh, do the split shots. Um, but you know, a lot of these lights and, you know, one of the things that if you want to try it, go try it out for yourself. Maybe they'll, they'll like it. A lot of the lights I found, they are so skittish that sometimes they even if you throw your lure over the light, they're gone. Yeah. You know, they, they get so much pressure. Um, they or for whatever reason, having something that something as small as your lure go over them, they'll just scatter. So having a, a popping cork, which makes noise, which during the day um you know that that may be okay but at night i think sometimes making that noise you could just spook all the fish in that mm-hmm. light and they'll be gone so yeah. having the most natural presentation as you can in this case if you use a, uh, the uh your shrimp um and you need some weight just get some split shot um you can add more especially if you know the bigger fish are deep that way you can get it down quicker mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but like i i would forgo the, the popping cork and, uh, and when and, i uh, did jonathan uh, uh jonathan uh I also like to mention to stay away from the light, trying to be outside the light if mm-hmm. you're going to fish the bottom of it so you don't hook up to the light. Um, it's also with respect to current, right? Obviously, if you have a strong yeah. current, you know, yeah. uh, it'll be in your favor. But, yeah, try, try to – we didn't talk about it much, but what's a good position? We, we've mentioned it on a couple of podcasts before, but I'm going to yeah. mention it again. Uh, so my best idea if I'm coming up to a green light is actually to go on the opposite end of which way the current is coming. That way I can pedal and stay away from the light and then cast as far as I can without hitting any dots. So I'll position my way where I know I can throw as far as I can and I won't hit anything. And I can comb the backside of this light with no issues. And I want to be as far as I can as a bait coming to the light versus throwing right in the middle of the light. Obviously, if they're blowing up, going nuts and crazy, you're probably going to hook up anyways. But if you're they're staging, they're a little bit more cautious, I would recommend to throw as far as you can outside the light and bring it through the light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, John, you had something that you were going to add to that? Yeah. The times I did use a, a cork with a live shrimp, my line is about three to four foot long. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> so that shrimp, that shrimp is going to hit the fish before they see the cork. <laughs> So that's, oh, yeah. that was, that was my method. Good, okay. That's a good one. I like that. That's a really good method, John Lou. Uh, put extra line on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm going to do one more question right here. Um, let's see. Uh, from Phil, at night, are you still working areas? Which means, like, are you moving around or are you posting up at a single point or a drain or, like, if you set up set up on a reef? I'm moving all the time. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. We're movers. Yeah. I, I think the only reason why you should set up at a point or a drain is if you know the fish are there. Mm-hmm. Like they're, at a, especially at a drain, if you hear them blowing up, yeah, just set up right there and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, like Meryl was saying earlier, we, you, you want to cover water and find that fish. I think once you find the fish, like if you, you, uh, you start catching them or you hear them blowing up, you can set down there. But as, with the kayaks, one of the good things about kayaks is that you can cover water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and actually, um, a lot of my night fishing is I will, and this is in general too, I will kayak to areas and then I'll wade them. Um, and in the, with the case of uh, night fishing, I will kayak, find the fish, and then I'll hop out and wade. Um, because the kayak is just more quicker to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just use the kayak to your advantage. Um, mm-hmm. and there will, and as Meryl said earlier as well, there will always be fish feeding somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just finding those. Yeah. And plus know the area, know the area, mm-hmm. know the patterns of that area, because these fish, they have a pattern. So. Yeah. All right. So I think we covered a lot of stuff. Um, and I know that if we were to continue going, this episode would be like three hours long. Um, right. And... Right. I, there's <laughs> like, like, I already thought of like four topics that we could have talked about. And I was like, yeah, let's not, let's not open up that can of worms right now. But um <laughs> We got plenty of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, we got plenty of podcasts to do. So yeah, you know, we'll continue this journey and uh, this journey that that you know we're we're going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you guys and appreciate it. And remember, this is just the beginning. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, again, thank everyone for joining us to the One Last Cast podcast. Uh, my name is Jonathan. We have Meryl here. Our guest today is John Liu. Um, you know. Again, we want to thank everybody because we wouldn't be doing this without y'all. Uh, this is all about learning. Uh, we learn from y'all too. Um, just hearing you guys in the chat and, and talking. Um, and if you have uh, if you have any other questions or you have any comments, concerns, whatever, uh, just drop us a line. You can uh, join us at the uh, facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Uh, we, there we have our live stream. So if you want to watch us live, we'll, we go live on Wednesdays. Um, we don't really have a set schedule, but we'll, we'll try to get that going. <laughs> um, and, um, again, we want, I wanted to give a big shout out to, uh, the 4A printing, a lot of these towels that, uh, you guys can see if you're on live, uh, right here. Um, these are great towels. Aaron's been doing some good work. Um, uh, probably going to order some other stuff, uh, for not only myself, but for all of y'all for who are participating in these, uh, live streams. Um, and as for the prizes, um, I'm still behind on doing that. I will be, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's my fault. Uh, life I got, is I got, Go ahead. I got a suggestion. I got a suggestion. Uh, I'm thinking about, so I want to die a real, and to be honest, I'm not going to cast that sucker. Uh, so I, can do some, <laughs> I was going to do some fun stuff with it, right? Like, you know, little joke stuff, like watch this one cast and only cast like five feet. And then I zip out a, a you know one way out there like look at the difference but so so um let's uh uh that dialogue reel let's do something maybe in the future where everybody that's on this page that shares our page the uh, one of these um where we go live everybody just share it share it share it and then we'll do a prize from that is that can we do that jonathan i mean you're the tech guy and i'm not yeah, gonna sit um, here and- 
actually um uh, stay tuned um i'll definitely okay. be going uh live on on friday around noon uh for the previous podcast where we we're supposed to give away some stuff um i will do doing that and i will uh, just go to our, our facebook page at one last ca- uh, facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast uh just check it out and um i'll post how you can win some of our prizes there as well so again thank you for all joining um and we will see y'all guys next time thank you john lou thank you yep.